So hello good people of the internet, it is Tommy Kelly once again and this is the monthly questions and answering questions and answerings Patreon thing. And we have some questions this week and an awful lot of questions. So next month I might just open this up to everyone, not just patrons, but I'm not sure because then, you know, it is a reward of being a patron. Hard to know. If you can think of something that's better than a question and answer video, then let me know and I'll add that as a reward rather than this. Because maybe just this is just a shit reward and no one wants it, but so there you go. Anyway, we'll get cracking straight into this. So, Peter asks, have you taken any psychedelics? If so, do you use them in magic? What's your opinion on psychedelics regarding two magic? I have taken psychedelics, but it was a long, 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 long time ago. It would have been when I was 19. 20 possibly and I took um I had LSD a couple of times and I had mushrooms a couple of times I had some really good experiences on mushrooms um on the magic mushrooms psilocybin mushrooms and one particularly horrifying very paranoid uh, horrible experience and LSD yeah one both were just kind of all right they were interesting in um in of themselves but I, I didn't feel in control of it at all and I didn't like it and it went on far too long and I didn't find any magic in it or any kind of spiritual thing or anything it felt like I was on drugs that's it so my experiences of of uh, psychedelics are that they're like being on drugs there I don't I haven't had any magic experience with them not opposed to it like i can understand going from all the active imagination type stuff and you know the imagination is as much real as reality and all that so i can you know i wouldn't dismiss someone who had some sort of spiritual insight on drugs but um i can't really speak to it because i've i've never had one and um it i even one stage one of the things i was in this house and the entire house started filling up with people who had lived there and you know like i could see time um, differently and I could see but it, like I was on drugs you know I wasn't actually seeing time differently I wasn't experiencing everyone who lived there and because when I thought about it rationally afterwards the house wasn't that old so it couldn't have been that um, so yeah I don't know yeah um, I'd, I have a big bag of ayahuasca sitting on my shelf downstairs that I may or may not someday take but I'm I don't know if it's real I assume it's real it looks real going by any research I've put into it but um, I don't know, someday, I'm not scared of it, I just, well, I'm slightly apprehensive of it in because I had such a terrible, horrible experience once. I just got really paranoid, thought everyone was talking about me, really unsure about myself. I was about five to ten seconds behind everyone else in the room, so I had this, like, it just felt like constant deja vu. Um, I felt really uncomfortable, really unsafe. Um, you know, you're classic bad trip type thing you know and uh, I also took um, once a lot of mushrooms and nothing happened while everyone else around me went mental like you know and absolutely nothing happened at all <laughs> so that's it yeah but as I say it's 20 years ago so I recently did blue lotus a couple of times in wine and in tea and stuff and it did nothing for me either and uh, th these days I would have no idea how to even get hold of um, any sort of drugs at all so any all that is long in the past like i wouldn't even know how people do it anymore um so there you go so the next question is from now here's the thing i'm gonna get this wrong 
because uh, this name could be pronounced any number of ways. Uh, Andrea, Andrea, and and her second name, Guerrera, Guerrera, Drea. In Ireland, it would be pronounced Andrea, but they've also started pronouncing it Andrea recently. But Andrea, so if not, my apologies. She asks, what are your ocular preferences? Do you like to see what the fate is holding up for you? And before the servants, how would you see, foresee, how would you see or foresee or read, insert the best verb here, I think foresee probably is, is it? Your life and people around you. Um, I'm not into divination that much at all and I never have been. Um, I don't like the idea that I can read to do some sort of reading and then think it's locked in and that can affect me in a kind of a negative way and so I tend not to do anything. The only thing I might do reading about is about information that I wouldn't have at hand, what's going on rather than what's going to happen. Over the years I've used things like uh, pendulums but I don't find them accurate. Um, I've done the, you know, the kinesiology thing where you ask the muscle test and thing. It's not, I didn't find it anyway accurate at all. I did a lot of tarot. I was in BOTA for a, a long while and I ended up, I, I just was given all the lessons. Um, so I've read all them and I've gone through all of that stuff. And I think the tarot is much better as a meditative tool, possibly a magic tool rather than divination tool. I don't find the tarot that accurate for me and that's the thing when people ask me about divination and 40 servants and kind of stuff like that I'm going my kind of answer is I'm not that good at it so I I don't you know I don't want to give tremendous advice on how to do divination because it's just not something I'm particularly good at now people go then I shouldn't be doing it well not people one person said you know I should make a divination system and for me I think that's kind of wrong because it's like saying a mechanic shouldn't make a car if they're not like a Formula One race driver, if they're not really good at driving it. They can be good at creating engines, not necessarily good at driving the car. Or I'm sure I could come up with loads of other examples, but that's the one that came into my head. So um, in general, I very, very, very seldom would do any sort of divination whatsoever. Um, I would mostly go with my gut and intuition on things anyway and how I feel rather than card and also I find that you could have the exact answer in your divination in front of you and um, your own blinders are going to you know stop you seeing what it is so someone else doing it is probably a better thing so I do it for other people very occasionally as well I just I know people who are really good at it and I'm not and um and I'm also coupling that with I don't really want to know anyway because I don't want to feel that the future is in any way locked in. Like I was told years ago by a fortune teller who was very accurate and knew dead people, names of relatives and all that, like proper really knew them um, to that. It would be very convincing to prove or to, to make yourself believe that, you know, life after that and all that, go and buy this or that... Um, Fortune tellers are really, really good at bluffing people. Either way, it's quite impressive. Whatever it was, it was overall very impressive. And she was telling me that um, ultimately I wouldn't get what I wanted in the, in a particular thing. I was working on time and I worked thing at a time. And that just annoyed me, you know, destroyed me. Like, and I was like, going, like, what's the point? And I kind of got into depression thinking that because everything else was seemed so accurate or whatever. Turned out I did get the thing. And... Uh, and all that anguish was needless and whatever. And there's all that thing of, oh, if it hadn't been said to you, you wouldn't have worked hard and all that. So it's, 
I understand all that. I see all that. I don't know. Just, I, I don't, I, I don't need it to do what I do. And um, it's not something I'm particularly good at or um, accurate with. So I don't really use it. So probably not to answer you, you want to tell, but yeah, that's kind of it. So William has a few questions. And his first one is, how do you combat resistance? And in brackets, creative. So how do you combat creative resistance? Okay, so I'm going to have to kind of guess what you mean here by, there'll be a couple of things. How to get resistance to actually doing it and, you know, like to kind of get motivated and to um, actually do these things, you know, or, or pick up new things and that can be hard and um, it can be particularly hard when when I was doing comics and drawing comics and I was putting all this effort in and getting you know um thing I talked about for the criticism podcast about that as not you know an artist I tried to bear my soul and give all that stuff out and uh, then when you do all that and you put so much effort in and no one cares or not enough people care for you know it to be um significant to you like it, it, you're when I say no one cares, like 25 people cared or 100 people cared, but it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, not even 100 people. On them, just like no one, like literally no one cared. Um, and that can be quite soul-destroying in the kind of way of doing the next one, you kind of go, I'm, it's like getting past the whole, what is the point? In the, I know where it ends up. I know where it ends up being. Um, but going through all the... the hard work and uh, you know getting stuff out or whatever and then for it ultimately for no one for it to go nowhere you know so just to be put out and for no one to care now there's a whole thing that you sh you should uh, you know do art for yourself and it doesn't matter what anyone cares and yeah and no if that's the case no one would publish anything online no one would hang any any paintings in galleries no one would do anything there is an end point of art is when it goes out into the world and if that doesn't happen, I was going to say it's not art, but of course it's art. It's, for me, I think that is the final thing of it going out in the world. And if it's going out in the world, no one cares. Number one, you, should, you know, should have a look at yourself and see what you're doing. You know, like maybe yeah, it's shit or whatever. Like, but if you genuinely think it's okay, like, and it's good. And the thing about them was, I think it was as good as I can do in a comic. Like, that's kind of it. I don't think I can do better than that. I don't think it's the best thing that ever existed in the world ever. But it's definitely the best comic that would ever come out of me, by far. Like, I, it's exactly what I wanted to do it was from my head into the story into the magic working the whole thing it was what I wanted to do it was exactly what I wanted to achieve individual panels maybe aren't drawn particularly well or you know you could have pointed faults to probably spelling mistakes all that kind of thing so it's not a perfect thing ever, but it's definitely by I mean it's not a perfect thing and there's probably a couple bits I could improve on, but as an overall thing it's as good as I can do and then when I did that and no one cared that was quite devastating in the resistance of doing it again and I have, well, I know I did, I did great work after that. And it's lots of, lots of reasons why that fell apart, um, mostly because my life kind of fell apart at the time. Um, but that was become coming out of that, I know where this road goes. I know what the end result is and I don't want to go there. So the creative, the resistance to be creative in that way is that I, if for me to create leads me to a dark, empty spot where I feel unfulfilled, insignificant, and 
for want of a better word, because there isn't one probably, sad. So that's, yeah, so the resistance to that is getting edited out. And how I got edited out is by stopping doing it, by not doing comics anymore. Besides, I kind of had said all I wanted to say, and it felt forced. Great work kind of felt forced after them, because them is what I wanted to say. Holy Numbers 2 was quite a lot getting stuff out. And I kind of just went round for a while, not knowing what I was going to do with myself. And that's when I did the 47s, funny enough. And that was, the 47th was my last hurrah of art altogether. And that, that once that was done, I that was it. I was going off to, you know, get a job somewhere and, uh, you know, pack all this creativity and all this kind of thing. Because that had, that road only led to bitterness and sadness and depression and all that kind of thing. So it goes, right, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not putting myself through this anymore. I've said what I came here to say in many ways. And this is my last hurrah. And I'll do it just for me. Just because I wanted to do it. And to, uh, people, I hope people understand when I say that. I literally thought I would release the Ford Servants. Five to ten people would have a mild interest in it. Sell two or three of them. And then a week later, totally forgotten. But it was just my thing. That's that was my final throwing, you know, coins into that. I'm useless when it comes to expressions. Throwing coins in a ring, that's not even a thing. That was my final here's me, you know, I'm leaving, here's my here here's me throwing my final thing into the ring, whatever that expression is. And obviously that's not what happened. So um So creative resistance, yeah, how change it up slightly, do something slightly different. Uh, that thing, if you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, then you're crazy. I don't know. There's also the thing about persevering to the 10,000 hours. Um, it's tough. Being a creative is like, it's a curse. It's not, you know, it's not a good thing. It's a curse because you're not like other people. You can't do the things other people do and you can't live that way. And from 99% of the time, you're not going to get what you want back, you know, whatever. And I don't mean that people are going to think you're great or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But you're not going to get the satisfaction from life that you hope you get by releasing all of these things creatively. Or at least I haven't. It's, it goes through, you know, it's secular in, in many different ways and all that. But um, yeah, how do uh, combat resistance to creativity? change it, stop it, take a break. And then on those days when uh, you really have to, just do it and uh, you can get through it. You know, you can, fo you can force creativity, not in a constant way, but uh, on a day when you have to, like when I'm doing a job for someone and, and I have to, and I don't feel creative, I want to do anything and I have to do it. You can do it. It turns out you can do it, you know. So hope that's kind of what you meant. If it isn't, then uh, ask me again. How often and how do you integrate your musical talents into your everyday practice? Simple answer, I don't at all. Um, I, my kind of music career is, I'm sorry, I just had to check the time um, because you can only record so long in DSLRs because of tax things or something, I don't know. Um, so yeah, um, I don't, music is not really a part of my life anymore other than I listen to it. Um, it was such a huge, huge part of my life. But come back to again what I said about like doing the comics and all that, that I know where that road leads to and it's not a good place. Like it's not, doesn't lead to anywhere nice for me or happy for me. And uh, again, 
creating music, bearing your soul, all that, and then release it to the world, no one caring. I don't want to do that anymore. I just don't want it. I did it for, oh wow, I did that for 15, 16, 17 years, and uh, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, my guitars are over there and I haven't played them in years and it was like that was my obsession that was like that got me through my teenage years I definitely eight or nine hour well, more probably at the weekends of playing guitar like I was just constantly playing guitar all the time and um, not anymore I music's just not I occasionally like I say I've charged sigils by listening to music but not by creating or doing music um, so musical, using music and magic, I don't at all um, anymore. I've never used music other than all art is magic and it's cre creation and an expression and all that stuff. So in that way, but not really. Um, so aside from Cyprian, who is your favourite saint out of the traditional saints? Um, again, I don't, I'm not that into saints and I'm even like growing up as a Catholic in Ireland and it's all about saints and all this kind of thing there's a, a guy a saint who'd be quite popular in the area I don't know if he's popular else but it's Saint Gerard Magella and he'd have a big novena um, every year which was literally like a few days ago it just ended um, and it's like huge business like it's like just to be stalls and everything outside shops and everyone has the post or not the poster stickers in the cars and it's a huge thing I, I he's I think he's for healing Um, I'm not really sure I don't know an awful lot about him Um, that would be the big popular saint here in my area Um, Padre Pio also would be um massively popular for healing and all that but there's a book I read recently about him and he was like a total fraud like a total huckster altogether which made in one sense is way more impressive because of his legacy and all that kind of thing but not someone I particularly want to work with in that sense because um why would you want to work with someone who didn't actually do anything more than what you can do other than he faked doing most of it according to this book and it seems quite it seems quite legitimate that going by the facts, whatever. I'll try and I'll dig out the um, Amazon link and I'll put it in the, the notes below. But on that, no, saints are not something I'm dramatically or uh, really interested in or drawn to or um, something I work with. Um, not massive into intercessory magic at all. Um, and, and because it makes me feel helpless. And it makes me feel that I am powerless and um, I would rather learn to do these things myself. So if I was ever going to work with saints or how I work with the Florida Servants is I don't ask them to do things for me. I ask them to teach me what they know about it so that I can do it. And so if I was working with a saint, that would be the exact same thing. So if I was working with um, Assistant Jared, if he is the healing or whatever, it would be to show me what I can do for myself. That will uh, change my healing ability or my sickness or whatever if I was sick. Um, so again, yeah, not even Saint Cyprian. Like the thing about Saint Cyprian is, I don't think Saint Cyprian is a uh, is a is a thing. I think like Saint Cyprian to me, and your mileage may vary. Anyone's mileage. This is, I'm only talking about myself because I am like I'm a chaos magician. It's a, about beliefs. It's not about reality or the truth or any of that. That's what I meant to. I don't believe anything is fundamentally true. I think 
nothing is fundamentally true from a human perspective, from my perspective, and that that's thing. So, like, I don't think since Serpent is a being or, or is a, an actual entity or a thing. It, for me, he is an idea, and he's a, like he's real in the sense of that a trend is real. Because you can see it as it moves through, and you can see its impact, and you can understand it, and you can describe it, um, and you can point at it. But it's not tangible. It's not an actual like, um, like you can see say, trends in music, and you can point, and you can see examples of it, and you can look at it, whatever. Like say grunge in the '90s or hair metal in the '80s, and, and like say, and it's real, but it's not a thing. It's not a tangible. You can't point at hair metal. Or it's like fashion, you know, when you can see fashion going through, um, you know, the different years. I know it's, and it can be cultivated and it can be pushed in directions and all that. But and you can see, you know, you can see examples, you can see what it does, all that kind of thing. But it's not actually real. Or like money, it's like they're ideas. And Sincerpin is definitely an idea that has captured everyone, seemingly at the minute. And it's an energy, if you want, because we've created this energy. We know what it kind of feels like. You know, this necromancer, this guy who was big into Lucifer, hanging out with Lucifer, who got converted to Christianity because he felt it was more powerful magic. But he was, you know, secretly, depending on which way you want to look at it, like he secretly still, you know, kept all his magic or whatever rather than being fully converted. Some people say, other people say he's totally converted. And the whole point of that story is he's totally converted and becomes bishop and he becomes totally Jesus man can take whatever you want from it because it's not true and this is the whole point that story's not true it's taken from a number of other stories and even his name's taken from other things so while say working with saints i don't he's an idea he's he's not an i don't see him as an ent, an entity i don't see him as a, an actual thing and you know like in i don't see any of them as actual things but that doesn't mean they're not real and I'm not putting them down by saying that. It's that, uh, sorry, yes. It's that they were useful ideas in the sense that Tommy Kelly is an idea. He's not like, or Facebook is an idea. The internet's probably a good example of, the, of this because it's like you can't, you can point at a website, but you can't point at the internet or you can't point at, but it doesn't mean it's not real not explaining this well remotely at all and it's not answer it's not the question you asked me but um yeah so saints don't I, i'm not it's not my thing um not against it and if it was something that um i felt i could work with i would happily work with any of them and you know check it out or whatever just it's not something i've ever been i spent any sort of time with other than saint cyprian and again using him as an idea as an archetype as a um As in something that is another word for idea. Um, so yeah, I hope that kind of answers you, all your questions. Um, I feel that um, in this one that I, it's not, I didn't give necessarily the answers that people probably wanted or expected. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's exactly what you thought I would say. But um, yeah, that's it. So for next month, I will, if, if not, people don't ask more questions i'll have to reshuffle this about and try and come up with a different idea because maybe it's a bit useless idea and people aren't really into it like do people really care what i think about any of these things um so or i'll open it up more generally whatever. so if you can give me a bit of feedback on that and what you think about that or you know like a team maybe um 
and a, a different, you know, a podcast or a different video or something, some sort of video I can do every month that has an interaction between the patrons and myself rather than just doing a video that everyone has, you know, like that it's just for everyone. That's some sort of thing that I can, yeah give as a reward or as a thank you to people who actually, you know, who send me money to do the stuff I do. So, yeah. Um, the Patreon, if you want to get in on it, is tommykelly.com, T-O-M-M-I-E. My blog is adventuresandwooboo.com. I'm on Facebook as adventuresandwooboo. Um, I have a photography art page on Facebook as well. There's the 47th group. There's the... Brazilian Spanish versions of the group and there is the 40 Shadows group which you can get into uh, as part of the Patreon. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Strava, Pinterest, all the things. So um, thanks for watching and uh, thanks for sending me your questions and um, good people of the internet, be good. <laughs>